Good morning, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I don't know about you, but I'm glad to be here on this Sunday morning. Is anyone excited about being in the house of the Lord this morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to all of you who are watching us this morning. If you are watching us on Facebook, Vimeo, YouTube, or you are engaging within our live chat room found on our church website, I want to say welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage along with you this morning. So what we want you to do real quick, we want to, you to invite others to share this experience. So if you're watching us on Facebook, share to your personal timeline. You can also tag those whom you want to invite within the post. If you are on YouTube, subscribe to our channel and then text this link to this worship service to your personal network. And if you are in the chat room or on our church website, I want you to click on the invite button in your chat window to share this experience with others. I want to say good morning, good morning, good morning to each and every one of us. And I'm glad this morning because one of our young protégés, Minister Eric Edwards Jr., is going to lead us in our worship. Would you put your hands together for Minister Eric Edwards as he comes and leads us in worship. Good morning. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who has made the heavens and earth. Is there anybody here who's glad to just be in the house of the Lord one more time? Oh, come on now. Thanksgiving is on Thursday and God allows you to make it into service just one more time. He didn't have to let you live, but he allowed for you to come into this house to worship him. The psalmist says, praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Is there anybody here who has just come to praise God? Because God has been so good unto you. Because this is the day that the Lord has made it. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we all stand, let's all join in with our choir as they sing our opening hymn, Rejoice Ye, Pure in Heart.
Amen. We know that as you are watching us online, we do have various members who's watching us across various chat screens. We ask for those of you who's watching us online on Facebook, YouTube, please put your location where you're watching us from so that we all in the chat can know uh, who's joining us from around the world. Our morning scripture from this morning will come from Colossians chapter 2, and it will be verses 6 through 15. And you can follow along on the screen or open up your devices and follow along with me. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 15 reads, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elements of the uh, spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to, fu to fullness in him. Who is the head of every ruler and authority? In him also you were circumcised with the spiritual circumcision by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses. Erasing the record that stood against us with his legal demands, he set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. This is the word of God for the people, God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we come before you this morning just one saying thank you. God, thank you for another opportunity to be in your house of worship one more time. God, thank you for giving us this day to gather in this, this uh, physical and this virtual space, oh God, to praise your holy name, to lift you up because, God, you've been so good to us. God, you've been better to us than what we've been to ourselves. You've been better to us than what we've been to you, God. And we just say thank you for seeing fit to open our eyes one more time to come into the St. Paul Baptist Church and to worship your holy name. So, God, we ask that you just move in this place. Oh, God, allow us to feel you in our hearts. Allow us to feel you in our bodies. God, touch every person in this place. God, and allow us to feel your presence. God, we'll be careful to give you glory, honor, and praise. God, be with the choir as they sing. God, be with Dr. Redmond as she brings a word from on high. God, speak to us on today because we are in need of a word from you. So, God, open up our ears and open up our hearts to hear a word from you. God, we'll be careful to give you all the praise, honor, and glory because you're God all by yourself. So, God, we love you and we say thank you. It's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. You all may be seated.
Hallelujah. How many of you know that he will make it all right? Oh, come on. You're not fooling me, are you, this morning? How many of you really, really know he will make it all right? I know for myself, he will make it all right. You ought to give God some praise in here for making it all right. Thank you. Thank you, choir. Thank you for reminding us that no matter what we go through in life, God will make it all right. I don't care what it is. I don't care what you're going through. God will make it all right. Hallelujah. I've seen him do it for myself. I've seen him do it. I've seen him do it. I've seen his hands. I've seen his work. He will make it all right. Come on, give God some praise in here. Hallelujah. Thank you. give the glory. To God we give the glory. Does anybody else feel God in the building? Come on, really, do you feel God in the building? I feel him in the building. Thank you, Lord, for stopping by here and helping us to worship you this morning. Good morning, good morning, St. Paul. Come on, good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning to all of you. I'm so excited to see each and every one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here this morning to worship with us. As you are engaging with us um, in worship today, those of you who are watching us online, let us know who you are sharing this experience with. If you share with friends using Zoom or another video chat tool, let us know that as well. Then I want you to take a quick selfie of where you are watching in front of the screen and post on any of your social media platforms, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and use the hashtag St. Paul Online, St. Paul Baptist Church, North Carolina. Share those pictures now or right after our worship service is over. And if this is your first time engaging with us during St. Paul Online, post first time and our and our share with um, our first time visitors link to either join us in a private Facebook group or to fill out a form so we can share with you our digital welcome packet. To God we give the glory. 
And I want to say to those of you who are worshiping with us in person, if you are worshiping with us for the first time, I want you to stand. We want to recognize you this morning. If you're worshiping with us, I see you. I see you. I see you. Oh, wow. I see you. Hallelujah. Welcome. 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 Welcome to St. Paul Baptist Church. We are excited about the fact that you are here worshiping with us. Our pastor is traveling today, and so I stand here today in his stead, and I say welcome to St. Paul Baptist Church. Welcome. You are welcome at any time, and we want you, those of you who are sitting around them, I want you all to personally welcome them. Come on, welcome them. Welcome them this morning. You are welcome to St. Paul Baptist Church and you are welcome to any of our worship experiences. Thank you so much. Please, please, please come again. Our pastor will be here on next Sunday. To God, we give the glory for our visitors, don't we? Let's give God some praise for them again. One of the things that we failed to do um, on last week was to recognize our veterans. We have a little something, something for our veterans. So if you are a veteran, can I get you to stand real quick? All veterans, yeah, oh wow, 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 wow. To God we give the glory, to God we give the glory. Oh wow, to God we give the glory. Can you all come down front? Our veterans, can you come down? I wanna put this in your hands, come on down front so that we can share this gift from our church and our pastor specifically to you. So if you can come down front so that we can get a close um, view of you. And Minister Eric Edwards is gonna help me to give out these gifts this morning. Yes. Come on, you can do better than that. Let's say God. We wanna say thank you for your service. Thank you for your sacrifice of service. You didn't have to do it, but we appreciate you. We want you to know how much we appreciate the work that you have done to keep us safe. Don't we appreciate that, everybody? We appreciate it. You all have gone into some dark places and really to some unfamiliar places. And, um, and you've gone to those places because you wanted to keep us safe. And so on behalf of our pastor, I just want to say thank you. If we can't do anything else but say thank you, we want you to know that what you have done to serve our country has been appreciated. We appreciate your service. We want you to know that here at St. Paul that we recognize. Come on, St. Paulers. Let's give God some praise for them. Again, I say thank you, thank you, thank you to you. Come on, standing all over this building. If you've never gotten a standing ovation before, I want you to turn as you go back to your seats. I want you to see your brothers and sisters as they are giving you a standing ovation this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so, so, so very much for your service. Listen, you think about it. If they had not done it, we don't know where we would be. Amen. We really don't. We don't know where we would be. And so we are grateful today that God allowed them to serve our country and to serve us. And to God, we give the glory for the great things he is doing within the life of our people and our veterans. We just want to make sure that they are safe even now. Amen. 
We want them to be safe right now, and we want to make sure that they have everything that they need. So to God, we give the glory for the great service that they have given to our country. One more time, let's give God some praise for them. We have welcomed our visitors, and we are excited about our visitors being here today and our veterans who are here to God will give the glory. I do have a few reminders that I want to share with us. We are shooting to raise $7,000 in donations for toys and bikes and skateboards. Tours for Tots are expecting very low numbers this year for donations and have recommended our organizations to begin to seek alternative measures to make up the gap. So what we're trying to do is we are really trying to raise money for, for our tour drive. And I want you, uh, Reverend Bernie, would you stand? Reverend Bernie has been working really, really hard with this tour drive. And um, if you want to give assistance to him, because he's going to have to put those bikes together. Hey, come on. Yeah, yeah, Reverend Bernie is going to have to put those bikes together. And, um, and he needs some help. And so okay, if you all can lend some help to Reverend Bernie, please reach out to him after this service or any time this week. You can call here to the church office um, and leave a message in his voicemail. Let's give God some praise for the great work that Reverend Bernie is doing, engaging in our community. To God, we give the glory for that. All adult Sunday morning live students, we're asking you to please stop by the tables in the vestibule to pick up our new Sunday school books and Advent devotional. The women's class and seniors are to stop by the table to my left, your right, and the main word and men need to stop by the table to my right, your left. If you are not in a class and you want to join a class today, I want you to know that it's not too late. Please see Reverend Brenda Richardson, who is our leader of our Christian education ministry. So please, if you want a book and you want to join a class, you can still do so. And you can do that after our worship today. Listen, the church office is going to be closed um, this week for Thanksgiving. Please know that um, we're going to be closed all week for this holiday. You can still leave a message for us for any prayer requests. If there's a sick and shut-in notice that needs to be made, you can leave the message on our voicemail. I promise you that someone will contact you back. Even if it's a bereavement request, please leave that on our voicemail. Or a funeral request, please leave that on our voicemail as well. We will respond when the messages are received. To God, we give the glory. Sign-ups um, are today for the season um, are taking place for our basketball league, another one of Reverend Bernie's projects. Come on, give God some help. Give God some praise for Reverend Bernie. Reverend Bernie is working hard these days. And listen, he says we are in need of players and coaches. I can't do either one. I can't play and I can't coach. But I know that there are some individuals here in our sanctuary today, or even those of you who are watching us online. If you um, are willing to coach, please contact Reverend Bernie for more details. To God, we give the glory for that. Now, this is a very, very exciting um, announcement that I'm by, about to give to you because it's time for another St. Paul Marriage Ministry tune up. 
This is a virtual event for married and engaged couples, and you are invited to attend if you are married or engaged. First Lady Peer and Pastor Scott will offer straight talk, humor, insight, and experience as they lead couples in evaluating and renewing their relationship. They're asking you to come ready to interact with your spouse and other couples through our virtual experience. Every marriage, and I want this to really, really be stated, every marriage could use a little maintenance. Don't you think so? Come on, give God some praise for that. You can go out, you can go out and register for the marriage tune-up um, right now. And I just want you to know, I think it's a wonderful thing um, that our marriage ministry is doing. To God, we give the glory for them. Now, brothers and sisters, it is prayer time. This is the time within our worship experience where we, we talk about and we lift up those individuals within our community who are experiencing loss. Yesterday, we celebrate the life of Brother Xavier Cunningham, and Brother Xavier Cunningham is the son of Deacon Octavius Williams. His services were held here at St. Paul. It was a beautiful, beautiful worship experience. Um, I want you to know that we need to keep this family. This was a young man, 25 years old. And so we really need to keep this family in our prayers. We need to lift them up because that it definitely is a radical reversal for a parent and even a grandparent to follow the hearse of their child. So if we don't do anything else, when you get into your prayer circles at home and your private time with God, I want you to lift this family up in your prayers because they're going to need us more after the funeral. Y'all know, you've experienced it. I know what it's like. Everybody comes bringing chicken, and it, yeah, they do, bringing something to eat over to the house, and they're calling and ringing your phone off the hook. But as soon as the funeral happens, people go their own way. And so we don't want to forget about this family. We don't even want to forget about any of our other families who are experiencing grief. We want to keep the family of Brother Christopher Charles Hallman, the grandson of Disciple Princess Colbert, in our prayers. They celebrated his life last week, and so they need our prayers as well. Amen. And I don't know if you all have been watching the news. You see all of the tragedy that's happening with our young people. Oh, come on. Come on, it's tragic. It's tragic to see even those young people that were in that home over in Idaho. Listen, it's tragic. But even the tragedy that happened in our community. Listen, that was all over the news. Now, I know that my um, coworkers, they think that I probably need to have my own private CNN um, network because I stay engaged, because I really believe that if the church is engaged, then we know how to pray, and we know what to pray about. So it's important that we know what's going on in our communities. So we want to, if you've been watching the news and you've seen um, the tragedy that's happening all over our country, please lift those families up in your prayers, and we want to add them to our prayer list here. But you know what, as we are praying for others, just the other day, one of our leading pastors passed away.
Pastor Robin Wu at Victory Christian Center died just the other day. Listen, it makes it clear to us that we've got to always be ready. Because we don't know the day nor the time when God is going to call us home. So we've got to be ready. Pastor Gould, he started in his community back in the 80s. He has a wonderful ministry. We need to keep his church members in our prayers, his wife, his family, because they didn't know that that was going to be his last day. So we've got to lift them up. We've got to let them know that they are in our prayers. So please keep all of our bereaved disciples and even those who are bereaved in our community in our prayers. But brothers and sisters, we have some disciples who are in the hospital. We just got the word um, about Deacon Nate Chambers. Please keep him in your prayers and yes, 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 lift him up, lift his wife up because we do believe in the power of prayer. Come on. Yes, we do. Come on. I see you. I see you, mother. That's right. We believe in the power of prayer. If we can't do anything, if we can't go by a hospital, we can't go by a house, we can pray. Amen? Because a lot of times people don't need your money. They need your prayer. Amen? I'm serious about this. They need your prayers. They need our prayers. So keep Dick and Nate Chambers in your prayers, Cleon Huntley in your prayers, Ruth Lockett in your prayers, Reverend Paul Miller, please keep him in your prayers. And then please keep a pastor emeritus, Reverend Dr. Paul Drummond and his wife, Sister Thomasina Drummond. And listen, we're going to be rolling a lot of our sick and shut in on the screen. We need to keep them in our prayers. So we're going to ask Minister Eric Edwards is going to come now and he's going to lead us in this intercessory prayer. And as he lead us, I need us to bow our heads and close our eyes as we go to God in prayer. God, we come before you on this Sunday Thank morning. You, Jesus. Just one Thank acknowledging you, your presence. Thank you, Jesus. God, acknowledging your presence in our lives, being thankful that, God, you're with us. Yes, Lord. That, God, yes. when we thought that we were alone, yes. that, God, you were with us. Yes. God, we say thank you for Jesus. Thank you. Jesus, thank, thank you for that Christ event, that thing that you accomplished on Calvary. Yes. Thank you for dying for thank our you. sins, thank Jesus. You, thank you for doing the work that no other human could have no done for us. God, we thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit. Yes for being inside of us, for guiding yes, us, yes, and leading us. Yes. God, we come before you right now with a heavy heart, God. Yes. There's so much going on in this world, and God, we want to just lift it up. Yes. God, we first want to lift up those young people, those yes. young adults who's dying, God, yeah. murdered in Mexico, oh, my God. four in Idaho, yes. God, yes. three in Virginia. Yeah. God, be with them and their families. In the name oh, of Jesus. God. We Amen. ask that you be with their families. Comfort yes. them, oh God. Yes. Be with their communities. Yes. yes, God. and heal that fractured community. Yes, God. God, for it's not easy losing a loved one, yet alone a college student. A college student. So God, we ask that you send your presence to those college campuses yes. and touch their friends yes. and touch their families. God, and yes. heal those broken hearts. Yes. And let them know that God, throughout this season of lament, throughout this I'm season of grief, that God, you're right there with them. Yes, yes, yes. God, we ask. 
that you be with those who are homeless in our communities, those who sleep in tents, God, those who don't have a place to lay their head in this cold weather. God, those who don't have a meal to get. God, those who don't have money to buy clothes. God, we ask that you be their burden bearer. But God, we ask that you open doors in their lives. We ask that you take care of them, God. Where we fail to take care of them, God, you take care of them. But God, also move in our hearts to do what's necessary and to do what's right for your people. Knowing that, God, we are to be your agents of change. So God, tenderize our hearts to be effective change agents in this community. God, help us in this season. Because there are those who's going to go to the Thanksgiving table on Thursday. And that seat's going to be empty. God, they're going to look to their right and their mother or father's not going to be there. They're going to look to their left and their son, daughter, or niece, or nephew is not going to be there. And God, we ask that in those times, God, that you reign present. That in the times of division in the families, that God, you be the one to bring everybody together. And God, in these divisive and polarized times in our nation and in this world, God, we need your Holy Spirit. Yes, God. God, war in Ukraine, God, rising tensions in Taiwan, the ever-constant threat of nuclear war, God, so much going on. But God, we're going to have faith that, God, you're going to keep us safe. We're going to have faith that, God, unity will prevail one day. We're going to have faith that love is going to abound one day. That this world will reflect your kingdom and will reflect the love ethic. Now, oh God, as we close this prayer, we just ask that you forgive us of our sins. God, we know that we've done something just this morning to make you mad. Done something just this morning that angered you. Done something that was against your will for our lives. And God, we just say sorry. God, we're sorry for messing up. We're sorry for falling short. God, we're sorry for getting it wrong. So God, please forgive us right now. And then make us and mold us and reshape us into what you have for us to be. And help us to reflect your will for our lives. So, God, we close this prayer in the name of Jesus, trusting and believing that everything we pray for is going to happen. In the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. 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 God is sealing. He's sealing that prayer. Thank you, minister. Thank you so much for leading us to the throne room of God. It's something about getting in the throne room. And really talking to God. And so we say thank you for talking to God. Come on, give God some praise in here. Come on, give God some praise. You can do a whole, whole, whole lot better than that. If God has been good to you, if God has been good to you, come on, if God has God really been good to you. <laughs> oh, come on, has God really, really been good to you? Oh, come on, you woke up this morning. Oh, come on. Has he been good? Come on. He put food on your table. Come on. Clothes on your back. You ought to say, God has been good to me. Come on. You ought to say, God has been good to me. He's been better to me than I have been to myself. Come on. You ought to give God some praise for the goodness of the Lord. Hallelujah. God has been good to us. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. What a great segue into it's offering time. Yes, this is offering time. This is a time, it's not an addendum to our worship. It really is a part of worship. Giving offering is a part of 
worship. We ought to bring back to God that which he has blessed us with. Does anybody really feel blessed in this room this morning? I really need to see the hands of the people to say, you know, I don't have everything I want, but I certainly have everything that I need. I have a warm house to go to. I have a soft bed to sleep in. Come on, you ought to give God praise for that because there are people who are sleeping out. Oh, come on, they're sleeping out in their cars. They're sleeping out on the streets. We ought to be thankful that we have homes to go to and beds to sleep in each and every day. If it had not been for the Lord on our side, we don't know where any of us would be. And so we stand grateful today. We stand grateful today and grateful to God that he has given us the jobs that we go to each and every day. And so all God asks us to do is to bring back a portion, 10% of our earnings as a tithe to him. That's all God asked for. You just think about it. He just asked for 10%. And then he asks that we bring an offering. Bring something we, that we know that we feel within our own spirits is worthy. A worthy offering to God. A thanksgiving offering to God. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful because you brought me to another thanksgiving. You brought me, oh God, another year. God, you kept me. You kept my body. Even though there were days that I was down sick, God, you raised me back up. Oh, come on here, somebody. Somebody all to want to give a Thanksgiving offering today and to say, God, I thank you. I haven't done everything that you wanted me to do. But God, because of your mercy and because of your grace, I am here today and I'm here to give back to you that which you have blessed me with. Does anybody feel that God has blessed them? Oh, come on here, somebody. Come on, come on, come on. I need to see the hands of the people that say, you know what, God has blessed me. God has blessed me even when I have been no good. We can admit that. I can. I can admit that I haven't always said what I was supposed to say. <laughs> can anybody else admit that? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's go ahead and admit it. We haven't always done what God told us to do. And we have not always said what God has told us to say. But this is giving time. And it's time to give back to God. And there are four ways that, we, that you can give back to us. If you have an offering envelope, you can take that offering envelope, put your offering in that offering envelope. We have um, our team here that's going to be here to receive that offering. There are offering baskets on the outer edges of our pews. If you have an offering, you can place your offering in those baskets and our team will come back by and pick up those baskets. And so I see our ushers who are passing out offering envelopes. That's right, come on, come on. If you need an offering envelope, lift up your hand. The ushers are here to give you an offering envelope. If you already have your offering envelope and you are at home, if you are at home right now, and you want to mail in your offering, you can do that. You can mail your offering here to St. Paul Baptist Church, 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, North Carolina. Or you can go to our website and give through ACS, or you can give through Givelify. So brothers and sisters, listen, if you want to give, this is the great opportunity for you to give back to God 
that which he has blessed us with. So what I want you to do is I want you to take that offering and I want you to take um, it and lift it up. I want you to hold it in your right hand. Hold it up to God because we don't want to put it in our left hand because we want to give God what's right. And let us pray, Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ that we pray and we thank you. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to give, to give back to you that which you have blessed us with. God, you have blessed us beyond measure. God, you have blessed us even when we have not done what you have asked us to do. But God, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you bless every hand that is lifted in this place. And Father, I pray that you bless in some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. God, I thank you for the giving spirit that is in this place today. And I ask God in the name of Jesus that you continue to bless them, bless them beyond measure. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may give it this time. True. 
Amen. Would you give God some praise in this building this morning? Hallelujah. So good to see each and every one of you today. We are grateful and thankful. We're thankful to God who has given us this opportunity to share his word. But more than anything, I want all of us to put our hands together and thank God for our pastor, our leader. Oh, come on, come on, come on. You can do a whole lot better than that. Come on and thank God for our leader. He's our leader and we thank God for him and we thank God for his family, his wife, Lady Peer and their daughter, Charis. And, and we pray that God will keep them as they're traveling. God, keep them safe. Keep their bodies healed. Oh my God. I, I trust him for that because he is the anchor of this ship and um, we want to make sure that he is doing the best that he can do but he can only do that with the power of god and so we thank god for him and we thank god for all of you for our leaders here our board of directors our deacons our ministers um, we just thank God for you and thank God for our ushers and the great service that they provide. And we thank God for those great men who are out there in the parking lot. And we thank God for them. But you know what I want us to do? I want us to thank God for this choir this morning. Come on, let's thank God. Come on, let's thank God for their leader. Oh, hallelujah. And the great way that they have led us into the presence of the Lord. It's preaching time. If you have your Bibles, there is an interesting word that the Lord has given us to share today. And I'm just going to read just one verse. One verse. And it is found in 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. And only the 5th verse. 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter the fifth verse. When you get there, say amen. Amen. I'm going to read this one verse, and it reads like this. Examine yourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's enough right there. <laughs> that's enough right there. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you. <laughs> Come on. Or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you. Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Is that what your Bible says? You may be reading it in another translation, but um, let me read it one more time because I want to make sure that we can unpack this one verse. It says, examine yourself to see whether you are in faith. Ooh. Test yourself. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Do you realize that? 
<laughs> or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. Unless indeed you fail to meet the test. For just a few moments, I, I don't want you to look at anybody. I really, this is personal. This is introspective this morning. I want you just to ask yourself this question, and this is our subject for this moment. I want you to ask yourself, will you pass the test? Oh, come on. Come on, come on, come on. This, this is you. You talk to yourself. Don't sit up here and make me believe that y'all don't talk to yourselves. Sometimes you need to talk to yourself. I talk to myself when nobody else is around. <laughs> Anybody else in here talk to yourself? It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes you need to talk to yourself. I like being by myself. But I like being by myself with God. Oh, hallelujah. I love being with God by myself. But the question on the floor is, will you pass the test? Will you pass the test? You and I live in what I consider a test-conscious society. No matter where we are in life, there always seems to be tests to be taken. Oh, come on here. High school seniors must take the ACT or the SAT to gain college entrances. Accountants must take their CPA exam. Real estate agents and salespersons also must pass an examination. A person driving a car, oh, help me Jesus, must pass a driving test. Now, I know you all are out there and you're arguing at people who are trying to get you <laughs> off the road, push you off the road, and you wonder if they passed the driving test. But, but in order to get a driver's license, you need to pass a driving test. Our homes must pass a test before we can get a loan. An athlete must pass physical tests before joining a team. And we all must take medical tests from time to time for the benefit of our health. The most feared words to some in high school and college are these words when the teacher says, take out a clean sheet of paper. This is a pop test. Oh, come on. Okay, listen, my brother right here working on his Masters of Divinity, I know he knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, take out a clean sheet of paper. This is a pop test. But listen, Paul's test was not a pop test, but Paul's test was an open book test. The Corinthians had been examining Paul's credentials of validity. Now, the Bible lets us know that he turned the tables on them, suggesting that they take a test concerning their faith in Jesus Christ and their faithfulness to him. All right, now about somebody. 
His exhortation is not merely to know ourselves, but it is to examine and test ourselves to see whether or not we have been genuinely converted. Whoa, help me, Jesus. Now listen, the context for our text this morning is important, and it is this. Paul came to Corinth, and as was his custom, he preached the gospel. He stayed long enough in the city to organize the fledgling church, disciple, and raise up leadership for the new congregation there. And then he moved on to repeat this pattern elsewhere. After his departure from Corinth, Paul got word that there were troubles in the church. He got that word. He said, that, look, you need to come back, sir. There's some trouble in the church. There was disorder in public worship. There was division. And then there was doctrinal confusion. There was immoral and unloving behavior by some in the church. And a group of Corinthians who were usurping leadership in the congregation and calling Paul's apostolic authority into question. Oh, help me, Jesus. But these ecclesiastical upstarts got more than they bargained for with the apostle because Paul turns the tables of inquiry onto his accusers. Woo. Instead of providing proof of his authority from Christ to be an apostle, he counsels the Corinthians to test and examine themselves to see if their faith and their conversion were genuine. Now listen, the Greek grammar in the verses places great emphasis on the personal pronouns, yourself and you. <laughs> the personal pronouns, yourself and you. Because a lot of times we all want to talk about other people. But what he was trying to do was to get them to look inward and look at themselves. Paul was demonstrating the inconsistency of the Corinthians' false assumption. They assumed that their faith was genuine and his apostleship was fake. Woo. Paul had preached the gospel message to these Corinthians as a true and genuine apostle. Consequently, if his apostleship was fake, then so was their faith and their conversion. Come on, can I teach just a little bit? Oh, can I teach just a little bit? Listen, if, listen, if his apostleship was counterfeit, then so was their faith and their conversion. So what he was trying to do is tell them that I'm true. Ha! I'm true in what I'm doing. But since St. Paul's apostleship was genuine, so was the conversion of the, of the Corinthians. Oh, come on here, somebody. See, he was true, and their conversion was true. He says, do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? He, he stopped long enough, and he, I can imagine him looking right in their faces and asking this question. Do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? 
And that's my question to you. Do you not realize that about yourself? That Jesus Christ is in you. Oh, yes. Come on here, somebody. You ought to clap your hands in here. Oh, that's a question on the floor. Do you not realize this about yourself? Oh, I feel like preaching and running in here. Because I want to ask this question. Do you not realize it? That Jesus Christ is in you. That's an important question. Oh, come on. That's an important question. And you need to ask yourself this. Do you not realize it? That Jesus Christ is in you? If, if, if you were sure about it, that he was in you, then it will order the way you talk. It will order the way you walk. It will order the way you live. It will order the way you love one another. Jesus Christ is in you. But listen, the genuineness of their salvation was proof of the genuineness of Paul's authority as an apostle. The apostles' counsel is wise, it's necessary, and it must be heeded. There are lots of tests and examinations that we take and have taken in our life. But listen, the one saint Paul exhorts us to take, the self-examination to see if we are genuinely converted, genuinely saved, and genuinely have Christ indwelling in our hearts by faith, is the most important exam of all. Oh, does anybody believe what I'm saying? That's the most important exam that you gotta take. I don't care about a math test. I don't care about an English test. I don't care. I don't care about that. I care about this test. This test. To examine yourselves. To see whether you are in the faith. It's the most important, my brothers and my sisters, because eternity is hanging on the answer to that question. Did you hear what I said? I said eternity is hanging on the answer to the question. Hallelujah. It is important. It's important. For as the Lord Jesus himself said, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, is that what your Bible says? Oh, come on. I know my Bible says it. Then look at here, 1 John 5 and 12 reminds us of this truth. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Too much is riding on the results of this test for us to hesitate, postpone, or ignore examining our souls. We got to do it. We got to examine ourselves. We got to make sure, and I'm here this morning to let somebody who was contemplating, delaying this exam, to know that our eternal destiny is at stake. So you got to take this test.
Come on, you gotta look at somebody and tell them you gotta take this test. You gotta take this test. Come on, look at somebody, look at them and say, you gotta take this test. You gotta take this test. It's not a math test. It's not a history exam. But you gotta take this test. Because your eternal destiny is on the line. Oh, help me, Jesus. So notice, ha, I'm going to give you three points, and I'm going to take my seat, and we're going to go home and get ready for Turkey Day. <laughs> my mama waiting on me right now. But I want you to notice, first of all, this morning, I want you to notice Paul's exhortation. Listen to what he says. He says, examine yourself. Examine yourself, test yourselves, he says. The truth is, far too many of us, and I'm talking about church folk, assume far too much about themselves. I'm not just talking about you, I'm talking about me. Sometimes we can think too highly of ourselves. The truth is, it is possible, and I want you to hear this, it is possible to possess Christ, to profess Christ, and not possess Christ. I need to say that one more time. Hey, I want to make sure you get it. The truth is, it is possible to profess Christ and not possess Christ. The Lord Jesus reminds us in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, come on. Am I in the book? Is that what your Bible says? Oh, come on, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But my mama was a Christian. My grandmama was a Christian. My granddaddy was a Christian. Yeah, but what about you? Not everybody. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Most in our culture today believe that men and women are justified not by faith and not even by good works, but by death. They believe all you got to do is die and you're going to heaven. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. Watch the TV, read the newspapers, listen to the radio, peruse the obituary page. The common faith held by most people these days is that all one has to do to be welcomed into the everlasting arms of Jesus Christ is to die. But how many of us know that ain't true? Come on here. That ain't true. Go ahead and die. And see. <laughs> you need to do more than that. Huh? I came this morning because I don't want you to be mistaken. Jesus said that the gate to eternal life is narrow and the road that leads to eternal life is hard and few there be that find it. I'm in the book. 
worker. Taking an inventory of the person who just passed you on the highway. I said, take an inventory of yourself. That's what Paul is saying. He wants you to do that. This thorough self-examination will reveal whether or not we really possess Christ. Whether or not we have genuinely been born again. Woo. Help me, Jesus. I feel it. We, we, we got we to gotta take this test. This thorough self-examination will reveal whether or not we are born again. Or are we just coming to church looking like a Christian? Are we just coming to church singing on the choir looking like a Christian? Are we just coming to church ushering at the door looking like a Christian? Come on. We need to examine ourselves. Oh, you need to lay your own hands on yourself and examine yourself. And see whether or not you have been genuinely been born again and you possess Christ. Whether or not, whether or not we are living under a false assumption. I want us to know. Does anybody want to know today? I want to know it. I want to know it like the back of my hand. I want to know it. I want to know it for myself. Don't nobody have to tell me. I got to know this for myself. But I want to say to you that this self-examination should be done when you are alone with God. Oh, hallelujah. You can't do it in a crowded room. You need to do this when you're by yourself. Because I believe when you're by yourself, you're going to be honest when you're by yourself. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I know... Oh, God, hallelujah, that some of us have the look of a Christian. But this self-examination is going to cause us to examine ourselves, to conduct soberly and honestly. And when you have ample time for thoroughness, so you got to do it. Say to somebody, we got to do it. Now I want you to know, now Charles Spurgeon, who was this great English preacher of the 19th century. Young preacher right here knows Charles Spurgeon. He studied about him. You can't go through seminary and not know about Charles Spurgeon. But he preached this particular text. And in his sermon on 1 Corinthians 13 and 5, Spurgeon admonishes his congregation to examine themselves as a professor examines a student and puts him through, come on, his paces to see if he really knows what he ought to know. He's saying, you got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. He counsels them to examine themselves. As a regimental commander examines his troops on inspection date, closely and scrupulously, he exhorts them to test their souls as a lawyer cross-examines a lying witness in the witness box. You have seen, Spurgeon said, the witness in the box when the lawyer has been examining him. Ha. Oh, listen, 
But listen, never was there a rogue less trustworthy or more deceitful than your own heart. And as when you are cross-examining a dishonest person because you set traps for them to try and find him out in a lie. So do you need to do this with your own heart, he says. Question your heart, backward and forward, this way and that way. For if there be a loophole for escape, if there be any pretense or self-deception, oh, rest assured, your heart will be ready enough to avail itself of it. He tells his hearers to examine their souls as a traveler who travels a country writing, writing to, wanting to write a book about it from top to bottom, from border to border. We must examine our souls, my friends, by this rule and standard of God's holy word. We mustn't compare ourselves to other people because other people are fallible and sinful just like us. And we are out to find someone who is more sinful than ourselves to compare ourselves with. So what, what Spurgeon says is we must examine our public conduct. Uh-huh. Does, does what we say and what we do reveal that Christ dwells in our hearts? Come on, that's the question on the floor. Does what we say and what we do reveal that Jesus Christ dwells within us? Do those who know you best know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? Do your co-workers know it? Do your friends that you hang around with, do they know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ? You gotta test yourselves. If it were illegal to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? I believe I need to ask this one more question. If it was illegal to be a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If I'm going to go to jail, I want to go to jail saying that I'm a Christian. I want to go to jail because somebody believes that I have given my heart to the Lord. I want to go to jail because I'm living my life like a Christian. Oh, put your hands together for that. Is there enough evidence to convict you? Oh, do your actions and public manner of life demonstrate that you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Does it say that you have been cleansed and born again? Does it reveal, as Peter says in 1 Peter 2 and 9, that you have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light? Listen, we have been called, but does your public conduct show you, as Paul says, as one who lives a life worthy of this calling. Oh, come on here, somebody. Brothers and sisters, we must examine our private conduct as well. Not only your public conduct, but I came here this morning because I want to challenge some of us that who you are in private is who you really are. Oh, I need to say that one more time. Who you are in private is who you really are. I'm not talking about the dressed up you that come to church 
every Sunday morning, not the you that sings on the choir, not the you that stands behind this desk. Who you are in private is who you really are. What are you doing in private? What are you saying in private? What are you saying when no one else is around? Who you are in private is who you really are. And what God is warning us to do this morning is to do some introspection. He wants us to ask ourselves some questions and find out who we really are. Listen, do we, in effect, lead a double life? Oh, some of us do because we shout in here on Sunday. And then when we get outside of the doors, we're another somebody. Oh, come on here, somebody. I hear God saying this morning that we've got to check ourselves. We've got to check ourselves and see if we're living a double life. That means that I clap my hands and shout in here on Sunday and I cuss you out when I get outside of the doors. Who you are in private is who you really are. It's not the you holding a hymn book on Sunday morning. It's not the you that's shouting and dancing on Sunday morning. If you live another way out there, come on and put your hands together for that. Christians can be defined as who you are when nobody else is around. The truth of the matter is, who we really are when no one else is around is who we really are. So examine yourselves, test yourselves, and see who you really are. Put your hands together for that. That's my first point. But secondly, there is the examination to see whether you are in the faith. Oh, come on here, somebody. Now listen, this is a purpose statement. It is the end or the point of the self-examination to see whether or not we really are Christians, to see whether or not we have been genuinely and truly converted. But how can we know for sure? How can we know? We can know, brothers and sisters, whether or not we are born again by there being a difference in our lives. Oh, come on here, somebody. See, there's got to be a difference. When I come down here and I give my hand to the preacher and I give my heart to the Lord and I go outside of these doors, I want there to be a difference. I got to see a difference in my life. Hallelujah. That's the test. We can know by there being a difference, we will never. And let me throw this in here because I want to help somebody who thinks that they are perfect. I came here because I want to tell some of us that we'll never be perfect in this life. Oh, come on. That's some shouting. That's some shouting right here. Oh, this ought to give somebody some hope. Oh, somebody that comes down and give their heart to the Lord on Sunday and they recognize that they find themselves failing on Monday. I want you to know that it's not going to be an overnight process. Come on and give your heart to the Lord and allow God to work on you. 
allow God to do some inner work on your life. I came this morning because I want to help somebody to know that none of us from the choir stand to the door is perfect. Nobody is perfect. None of us cross our T's and dot our I's all the time. We are not perfect. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus, in here. I want to help somebody this morning because there are some people that have been looking at other folk saying, I thought they gave their heart to the Lord. I, I thought they, got, they were baptized. They were washing the blood. But I, I, why are they over there dancing? Come on. Come on. Listen. Listen. It's a, it's a process. Somebody say it's a process. 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 We must examine ourselves because God is looking at our lives. Are we the same today as we were when we gave our lives to the Lord? We will never be perfect in this life. Um, I want you to know that glorification will occur for us either when we die and go to be with the Lord or when the Lord returns with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God to receive his own. Until then, brothers and sisters, we will struggle with sin. We will struggle with temptation. We will struggle. But brothers and sisters, even though we struggle, we shouldn't be conquered by the sin. That's what I came here to tell somebody, that we all struggle, but we should not be conquered by it. Come on and clap your hands in here this morning. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands because you know that you have been converted. You know that you have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect, but that's all right. God, God accepts me just as I am. When we are justified by faith alone, I want you to know God credits our faith as righteousness, and our standing with God changes. But at the same time, we are born again. When we repent uh, of our sins and we receive Christ and the Holy Spirit, takes up residence in us to sanctify us. I came to tell somebody this work is lifelong. Oh, if you don't get any good news, I came to tell somebody that's struggling this morning that this work is lifelong. You may not be perfect right now, but I want you to know that if you allow God to begin to do the renovation work on your heart that it may not happen today, but I came to tell somebody that it will happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen just like God said he would. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together. Come on. You know what? You know what all of this means? It means that if your conversion is genuine, you should see some transformation in your life. You should see it. 
In other words, you should see a growth in how you love, a growth in how you live, and even how you walk and how you talk. In other words, genuine conversion results in discernible and visible fruit. We should, in the sober and thorough examination of our hearts, be able, oh God, I thank you, we should be able to look back and see that a change has been made in our lives. Oh, come on here, somebody. I came this morning because I want to help somebody. I want somebody to know that you ought to be able to look back. Somebody say, look back. Look back. Look back. And I want you to see if there has been any change in your life. Are you the same person that you were yesterday, that you are today? If Jesus Christ came into your heart, you accepted him into your heart, we ought to be able to see some fruit. Somebody clap your hands about that. Now see, some people are going to change overnight. I was not one of those people. Hey, but I came to tell somebody who's God is still working on them. Anybody know that God's still working on you? Hey, I'm in that crowd. I'm in that crowd. I'm in that crowd. God is still working on me. He's still stripping me of some stuff. He's still taking some stuff out of my character. He's still working on me. He's helping me to be the person 